Welcome, girls, guys, gays, and theys, to Let's Get Into it. it, the show where no topic is off the table, and you'll never know what will come out of our mouths. Tune in for this hot take. I think it's very understandable if you don't want to share a room with nine people you've never met before, <laughs> and have like no personal space and no place to put your stuff, and like people leaving their shit out all over the place, sharing a small kitchen with like 50 other people. Yeah, that can get a bit intense. <laughs> Just a wee bit. Um, just a wee bit. And listen in to hear this little pearl of wisdom. Like, Wild. Just, like half the time, I don't know if they're gonna die. I don't know if they're one way. If they are, I might fall off the cliff. Like, I, yeah. If you can drive yeah. in New Zealand, you can drive anywhere. Um... So where were we? Oh, we were talking about experiencing different cultures and realizing how wholesome and cute New Zealand is compared to our respective home countries. <laughs> and yeah, a wonderful okay. list of cute New Zealand things. Let's take a trip down memory lane. This is a lot. Um, okay, so... So at the top, the city buying. So the city is in Wellington. A lot of these are Wellington based. Um, yeah. So Wellington buying the homeless man's mic and speaker when it was stolen, and he sends the money that he collects to churches. He claims. Uh, people say he's a nice guy. And his name is Colin. <laughs> <laughs> Which is very cute. Yeah, that's so cute. I like the fact that he's like a local celebrity for just <laughs> singing his heart out on the street. Cute. Cuba, um, yes. Cuba Street. Actually, no, I think he's a Courtney Place kind of guy. Uh, Outside classic. That, Heavier footfall, city. you know. Yeah. Um, okay. Next one is Mittens the Cat. For those who don't know who Mittens is, I would just recommend looking up. Well, you can even Google Mittens the Cat. Like, I think there's a whole Wikipedia page. Oh, but for sure. just like the absolute fandom. Have you ever seen Mittens? Or pet mittens. I've never seen never seen mittens in person. Did you? Mm, no, I never did. did I was so close to well? though because yeah. I know because I remember Josh and Jared saw mittens like ten minutes after I had left my house in the place that I just walked by so to leave close. my house, and I was like, oh, God damn it! Which is a very um, okay. big ginger cat for those of you who don't know, a big ginger cat who has a Facebook page called The Wondrous Adventures of Mittens, and they had an exhibition in the museum for the cat Mm. as well. Pretty wild. And there's, like, worldwide merch. Yeah, for this little (laughs) ginger cat, Um, which very recently moved to Auckland as well, and everyone was very upset. And there's also been news articles on, like, how Mittens is settling settling into his new life in Auckland. I didn't celebrity know moved to Auckland. And almost got voted New Zealander of the Year, right? Or something like that. Yeah. Got no, nominated for New Zealander yeah. of the Year. Yeah, along with Jacinda, the Prime Minister. <laughs> a little ginger cat. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, yeah, there was an election to decide what to change the flag to, and then it was voted not to change it. I recommend that people look into this one because the fact that it was... The laser kiwi. The laser kiwi. <laughs> that was pretty good. That was an option. That's Just so a good. kiwi um, bird with lasers coming out of his eyes was going to be the national flag. <laughs> like a serious contender. But it got nixed because they can't do that. But I think it's a good one. Definitely memorable. Um, on Cuba Street, there's a guy 
who does magic tricks every weekend night and there's a massive four square competition. <laughs> do you remember that? I don't know if they still do that. No, four square competition. Oh, really? Yeah, I remember seeing that like walking home sometimes. There's just like draw four square on the on the street, like kind of oh, yeah. below where that fountain is. Yeah. Um, like people walking yeah. on a night out would stop by this guy doing magic tricks and there'd be like a crowd of like 20 people and everyone's like whoa amazing and like they're really pretty cute. good to be fair though. Pretty good. um okay the traffic lights are doing the hacker yeah <laughs> cultural cool. very cultural um very new zealand hour of power i don't know how cute that is i just think that's unique <laughs> we have an hour free power <laughs> so everyone has like ham on the electricity we have three so hours, nine, nine till midnight. So every day we wait to do all our washing in the washing machine and everything. Um, and then, yeah, put it on in the three hours of power because, you know, love free stuff, being a backpacker. Uh, for that. <laughs> Not good for the um, environment. You put the dishwasher on, like, literally every because night. Because everyone's really like, it's cool. free. <laughs> okay. Um... Beeping in the Wellington Tunnel because people are excited to be entering Wellington or a ghost is in the tunnel to scare yeah, the ghost. That's the that's the thing. Didn't when we picked you up from the airport, didn't the Uber driver beep in the tunnel? Was that you? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, pick me up from the airport. Yeah. Remember? Oh, because I flew you into Wellington. True, 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 back yeah. To visit, yeah. <laughs> like, we were like, honk the horn and um, you did. Yeah. <laughs> Like, well, at home. Um, okay, the head of a, I don't know if they're the head, but a conservative political MP was on the New Zealand version of Dancing with the Stars. Oh, uh, yeah. We have that back home, though. Um, I really? We don't have yeah. politicians on Dancing with the Stars. <laughs> I can see Boris Johnson going on there. Oh, God. Um, the sibling relationship between Australia and New Zealand. That's pretty cute. Yeah. Um, yeah, how they sort of hate each other but love like, each other. Where are the ocean? Frenemies. Yeah, they're like, oh, we can make fun of each other, but nobody else can. <laughs> um, the culture around Raro. <laughs> My gosh. Yeah, so Raro is like, uh, how would you describe it? It's like a powdered. You call it a sherbet, right? But sherbet. I would call it like, but... a, like a powdery concentrate. Yeah. Like like Kool-Aid or like Oh yeah. Yeah, Kool-Aid would I guess would be just the equivalent. The Kool-Aid. Um, but for us sherbet is like literally just the you know how they have it raw, they just like have the powder. That is sherbet for us. You mm-hmm. we you wouldn't turn sherbet into a drink. So you can actually like mix it up with water and make like different flavored drinks. You can't do that mm. with sherbet. It's just like uh it's just sugar basically. Um Oh. But yeah, um, we used it as mixer. We had like raro and gin, and then like everyone was like, yeah, we used to just drink it straight, like have the straight sherbet in the playground and stuff when we were younger, and you just have a sugar high and be like, bah. so in in the US there are candies where you would get like this ch- candy, like hard candy stick. Mm-hmm. You'd suck on it, yeah, yeah, and then dip it into the sherbet and eat that, and then yeah. you just like it's sugar on sugar on sugar on sugar. The convenience store being called a dairy because that's where you get your milk. Just going out of dairy in my chandles. <laughs> um, Mate, you're dreaming. Well. Huh? 
What jandals? Jandals and dairy. Dairy, yeah. Just adjust to uh, the May Edries and DIY ad. Do you remember that? Have you seen that? Yeah, you've seen it. With the little kids remember. being like, Mate, you dreaming. <laughs> <laughs> it's so cute. <laughs> yes. I think it's like for bunnings or like some it's for home improvement. Oh yeah. Makes sense. Yeah, the little oh, kiwi accents on a kid is so funny. And the kiwi guy I work with. Yeah. Um, but the kiwi guy I work with was just like, Is that a bunnings beanie? And I was like, Yes it is. I also have a hoodie and he goes, That's pretty cool. Like <laughs> You and your head to um, Bunnings merch. Yeah, I have that bucket hat. I think I left the bucket hat in Germany. Um, yeah, also an MP got hit in the face with a dildo on camera. <laughs> I was going to say, like, talking yeah. about differences between cultures, there are so many things that don't make sense in New Zealand. Like, from... From my perspective, anyway, I think, like, the craziest thing is the roads, like, the road system. Like, that insane mm. drive we had from, where was it, from Wairoa to Lake Waikare, no, from Lake Waikare Moana to Lake Taupo. Yeah. And we were just go. Mm-hmm. it was a state highway, which is, like, a motorway or a freeway, and we were, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> going along, like, a gravel road through the middle of the jungle in the deep rain and there were like boulders rolling along the road. It felt like we were in Mario Kart. Yeah, the, the road was just like falling off and... Falling apart. Yeah. And that's like one of the main motorways in New Zealand, but they just, because no one lives anywhere, I guess they just don't invest any money into the road system at all. But like... I think it's just normal. It's just like, oh, well, might as well just build the um, the roads around the environment that already exists rather than just, like, blasting through things, which I do respect. But at the same yeah. time, it's like, these roads are insane. And I remember Sav being like, I didn't realize that the roads in New Zealand were that crazy until I went somewhere else. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> they're insane. <laughs> now let's take a break. I just think, I think one of the things that I found the most interesting was like when you would talk to people about like Maori culture, um, Mm. like Kiwis were like, oh, we feel so like there's so much oppression and so much culture has been erased. Just it's interesting, not interesting, but like it's really crazy to see the impact that colonialism has had and everyone's interaction in their own country with like the original people that were there Mm. and how much it varied depending on like when the imperialism happened and when like how much got erased and how much yeah. like pushback there is to like any preservation of culture and that kind of blew my mind they do pretty like, well like today being one of the languages of the country mm-hmm. one of the national languages of the country and like speaking to Leo at schools and like working in government everyone speaks the language to each other and uses it in emails and uses it in meetings like when I was yeah, working in like at, casual settings yeah exactly um when I was working at Ranga Tamariki I mean I was working in a Maori work stream so everyone was speaking in Leo all the time which was really cool but yeah compared to like Australia I mean in Australia they did in Facebook events and when I went to those lectures and things they always acknowledged the original custodians of the land but that was 
but like about, that only does so much. That was about as far as it went. As far as I saw, yeah. I mean, I know that there's a lot of work going on underground, but just as like a visitor to the country, that's sort of mm-hmm. all I experienced really. And like going to Invasion Day protests on Australia Day, so-called Australia yeah. Day, and just like learning. Because we don't learn any of that back home. Like being from the UK, we wouldn't learn anything about, you know, the negative side of colonialism in Australia or New Zealand. So I came here and I was like, whoa, like going to the... Yeah. Waitangi Tribunal and when we went to that rock slide place that railway rock slide and there was like this is the site of like one of the biggest massacres and they killed like hundreds and hundreds Mm -hmm. of people we just have no idea that that kind of stuff happens so traveling is also good and being a backpacker is also good and like you get a new perspective on your home country like my opinion of the UK being on the other side of the world has changed drastically I think Mm -hmm. I used to just sort of be like well, this is just where I'm from, whatever, like, yeah, it's cool to be from England, but now I'm like, the history of the UK is cooked, and we just don't know, we don't learn anything about it, I wouldn't have known anything about, you know, oppression and, like, massacres of Maori and, like, Aboriginals if I hadn't have come to these countries, yeah. In these places, yeah. I mean, that's how I felt when I was in uh, Vietnam, and mm. when I was in South America, like, you don't, we never learned about, like, the U.S. involved, well, like, the big one was that we never learned, and I was with three friends who had taken, like, the highest level of U.S. history that you can take in high school, um, and then, like, we'd kind of branched off from history, but, like, theoretically, that's, that's a higher level of U.S. history than you would have learned if you were to, like, not take an AP class, or, like, yeah. an advanced class in high school. Um and we never learned that the U.S. lost the Vietnam War. Did you just, not? That was just no. Oh we were, it was glazed over. All four of us were just like, or, I don't know, three or four of us that um, we just learned that the U.S. decided to withdraw. That was it. Yeah. The U.S. just withdrew from Vietnam. That was it. And it's like, no, the U.S. fully lost the war and retreated. Yeah, and that's so wild. That I mean, I'm sure it's the same for the insane. UK as well. Yeah. Yeah, and like that's not, and also we didn't, and I don't know, maybe it just so happened that all four of our like history lessons were incomplete, but we didn't learn about like the U.S. involvement of the rise of like Pol Pot and the Khmer Rouge in Cambodia. Oh yeah didn't learn about any of that stuff like I think I might have heard of Pol Pot but I was like what does that mean um but like it was insane like so many people died and it was a full-out genocide and they're just like "Mm, what is a Cambodia like that's ridiculous and you don't learn about these things unless if you go to these like killing fields and the schools where all the where all this like imprisoning took place like you don't learn about it because it's the the, like i don't know history is taught by the victors or at least those who are writing the propaganda and it is it's fully propaganda yeah i mean a country's not going to be teaching in its classes about all of the wrong things it's done in history (laughs) yeah but i think like i mean obviously i haven't like lived in germany properly but i from what i've heard um at least germany does a decent job of teaching about like what happened in the 
early 1900s, early to mid 1900s, which is like, that's good. And like when in Cambodia, I, I went to this site where there was a ton of, a ton of murders mm-hmm. of like, and when it was like the height of all the genocide. Anyway, um, when it got shut down, Germany sent a monument or a statue um, in recognition that huge atrocities had happened in their cultures. And it was kind of an acknowledgement that we acknowledge each other as places where this has happened. And mm. we want to acknowledge that this should never happen again. Because yep. they were on similar scales. Um, oh, for sure. Yeah, it was massive. Well, actually, I don't know about that. I don't. I don't know about the population numbers, but they were on like a similar ideology, and yeah. I don't know. I thought that was really cool that that was like an acknowledgement of like, ooh, we fucked up in our past. You yeah. fucked up, but like, here we go. Let's move into the future. Whereas I feel like the US and the UK just wouldn't do that. No, <laughs> they would just be like, no. mm, okay, I'm I mean, or just wouldn't talk about it. Nah, nah. I mean, there there was a couple of conversations that cropped up, you know, because of Black Lives Matter and statues getting torn down in the UK and things. So there was a bit of a conversation about, like, learning a bit more about our history. Now let's take a break. So this is kind of topical and probably quite sad for both of us. But I think like one of the really good things about being a backpacker is when you're in a place for a long time, like I've been in Wellington for over two years now, um, and you really do get that like sense of stability and sense of place, which is amazing. And that's like what I, I personally really crave. Like I was really looking forward to like when I leave home, I was like, I can't wait to like travel around heaps and like move to different places all the time. But what I've really found out is I really do love that stability that I get from like creating a sense of community, making great friends. Obviously, I've been with Senny, my boyfriend now for a year and almost a year and a half. And it's like it's really, really cool to set up all of those things for yourself. But like a really big, big part of being a backpacker, which like I didn't really think about much is going home and leaving that all behind. Uh, it's just getting to that point now for me where like it's a lot of what people are talking about. Like everyone's just like, oh, you're going home. And like, I don't know, it's just weird because I guess it's kind of similar to like, you know, when you finish university and you're just like, whoa, we've been together for like three years and I've created such a sense of community. And then you're just like, oh, well, I've got to go back to the other side of the world now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Pretty wild. Um, yeah. Leaving <laughs> is hard. It is, and I guess that's something you're still go- hard. going through now. Yeah. Because yeah. it's not just the leaving. Like, honestly, leaving is fine because you're like the end of something the end of an era is always the best part which is like ironic and shitty um but the hard part really is is starting over Mm -hmm. and moving on to the next thing because like 
there is that period of limbo in between where that's the shit part. Yeah. Um, and like doing the stuff in between is cool. Like when I left, I went to Spain and England and then traveled down the East coast and then came out here. And so it's been like a four month limbo Trans- period. And then transition period, still limbo. Yeah. Yeah, and like it's it's amazing because you get to do things that you weren't doing before and you kind of get to shake it up, but then it's also kind of like missing what you had and for me it's kind of like I don't want to say regret, but a bit of regret and like mm-hmm. yeah. I don't know, it is hard. I think it's hard finding your feet again and feeling Definitely. like you can find your feet and like leaving things behind because like you can have amazing relations like incredible relationships with people incredible bonds that are formed Mm. and then the the really hard part is never knowing when you're going to see that person again because like if you want to see someone you will but when for how long in what capacity like it's so and i i don't know I'm really grateful for technology and the fact that you can just like have phone calls with people across the world. So it can really just feel like there's no distance. But I think the hard part between the hard part that I find is like, I've gotten so used to relationships being digital and so, and being long distance. And yeah, I don't, I don't love that. Like I'm grateful for it. But I wish that everyone that I loved could just be in one building <laughs> together and Same. like hang yeah. out. Yeah. But I mean, to do that, and I, I, I was talking to this about, I was talking about this to someone like pretty recently, and it's like, I love the people that I love, and I do feel like I only have a certain capacity to love X amount of people in my heart, mm-hmm. and. I've filled up a lot of those spaces with people that are all over the world. (laughs) And that is hard to maintain because it's like time zones and people are living their different lives. And it's like, it is so much easier to talk to people and maintain a relationship when there's like a group. But like, if people are spread across the world, it is really hard to like maintain that. You do have to like make a lot more time for it. And Mm -hmm. luckily these five days in isolation, I've been like, I'm going to call people and like catch up with everyone. This coronavirus. (laughs) I mean, like there is an upside, but yeah, it just makes it, I don't know. I think long distance relationships are really fucking hard. And like, you know that the person will always be there for you, but like they can't be there physically. And that's hard. It's difficult. And it's, it's something that like, I, well, we both experienced leaving Australia for sure like Mm -hmm. I although it's different because I was only there for a year so like you still obviously form really strong relationships but this time I'm like well I'm now like leaving behind people who I've like some of my friends at university who I consider some of my best friends I've known for the same amount of time and I feel that close with some of my friends from Wellington and New Zealand as a whole now and I'm just like I'm in the exact same boat as you but I'm like I don't I just don't know when I'm going to see these people again but on the flip side of that, it's also like amazing that we were able to form those connections with people on literally the other side of the planet who like we've got completely different cultures from and mm. like think about like even us like we are from 
such different parts of the world and such different cultures and if we hadn't mm-hmm. have been in that hostel in Melbourne we would have never met mm-hmm. I mean for us it's different <gasps> oh my gosh I was telling someone about you the other day because um who was it oh yeah so I made this new friend and he's 6'3 and I was like oh, my yeah. friend is 6'3 and we had this thought once that <laughs> We're like two characters in a game that if something needs to be reached up really high, then Andy will do it. But if something's down low, I'll grab it. And it's like, we're Mario and Luigi. <laughs> we really are. But yeah. <laughs> like all the um, switch players and you'd like be crawling through the little holes and I'm like <laughs> jumping up and reaching. You know, I always get up to the supermarkets like reach things from the top shelf. That's just like yeah. a little old lady. It's like, excuse yeah. me. Now let's take a break. No, I 100% agree. Like, how the fuck would we have found each other without traveling and the fact that yeah. you even do find people traveling that like you can form really strong relationships with it's it's pretty amazing it is like it, it's really amazing and I think like I've had this conversation a few times about just like the depth of relationships that you form when you are abroad is so different or at least the speed at which they the form pace. is so yeah. different because yeah. it's like you don't really have anyone else around immediately and the people that you meet abroad those are the people that you're like going out with and living with and Mm -hmm. traveling with and like cooking with and just doing everything with whereas like if you were to meet someone and you're like at work you're gonna meet that person you're gonna develop a relationship at work and then maybe you'll start grabbing drinks outside of work and then but like when you're living in a hostel with someone it's just kind of like, okay, well, this is this is everything. Like, this is all of me. It's crazy. I hope yeah. you embrace. <laughs> yeah, well, because you're spending, like, all day, every day with people. And especially if you don't go with other people, like, you don't go with, you don't go traveling with friends or whatever. You've got to find people to do things with. I mean, that's for me personally. Like, I like doing things with people. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know someone for a day and then you're like, yeah, let's go to this art gallery together or, like, let's go to the beach together and hang out whereas like yeah if, in your normal life like that would take probably weeks <laughs> usually weeks for yeah. that to happen like in an <laughs> office environment but for like us if you think about us like I probably knew we moved in together after probably what um, a month of knowing each other maybe two no a month. one month I was a only month. at the nunnery for the first time a month yeah and that was you have a closest person I knew I didn't even know the others really before moving in Mm. and then it's just like oh suddenly I'm just living with all these people like it is a very intense environment it's kind of it's like being uh, I don't know it's kind of like being in lockdown when you're just like oh I'm spending all this time with people and you the equivalent relationship that you have in a hostel of like a week is probably the same as like a couple of months Months. Months, (laughs) in the real world yeah yeah, definitely. Which is which like, is really cool. Really cool, but really. also it can be really intense, and yeah. I think that's why like really like serious relationships form or like friendships that are gonna last a lifetime. Like, yeah, I don't know, and I think it's it's an environment that now that I'm not in it, I 
miss it a lot. And I, I know that you had different, you have different feelings about hostels, but like I've <laughs> met like some of my favorite people. No, probably. Yeah. I know I've met my favorite people. Well, um, me, obviously. So. In hostels. Yeah, obviously. But like <laughs> you and I mean, you are whole flat, really. You, Rianne, Karen, Gail. Um, okay, fuck off. Not, <laughs> I'm taking you off the list. But like, um, I met them all in a hostel, er, in hostels, and it was great. Like, yeah. yeah, I wouldn't trade it for for the world. I wouldn't trade it for and the world. And now, like, not <laughs> now, not doing that. I don't know. It feels a bit different, but like. I don't know. I can't. I want to do it again. Yeah, definitely. You should. I don't know. I don't Actually, know. I, I don't know. S- if I want to do it again, yeah. to be honest. <laughs> it's I kind of a lot, a and like I don't bad know, I feel like it's a of tough life. I don't no, know why. I, know, I think it's. But... I think it's just for me. I think for me, the main thing is the shared space. I love my own space. Like I'm, I'm a social person, but I also love to be in my own room and just like. And you can do this in a hostel. You fully can lie in your bed and like watch stuff on your phone or you can have a meal so at the nunnery i found i couldn't have a if i wanted to just sit by myself on my phone and have dinner i couldn't like someone always came up to me and talked to me which is nice it's nice if you're like i'm i'm a pretty extroverted person but sometimes i'm not sometimes i do just want alone time and i i don't like that at hostels it's quite hard to get there unless you're in a hostel with lots of long-term people or I don't know. I just I'm yet to be in a hostel where I've been able to feel like I have my own space. Maybe that's just I've had bad experiences. I, I haven't think, stayed at the right place. I think for you, if I'm to evaluate <laughs> your relationship with hostels or just like your relationship with the way that you meet people, I think you like to pick the people that you're surrounded by rather yeah. than being surrounded by people. Yeah, for sure. And that's really different. Yeah, I mean, that's just, that's one way of doing it. Whereas, like, I don't necessarily do that. Yeah. It's just a different way of looking at it. And I think that's why you don't necessarily like hostels. Because, like, it's just this melting pot of people that are immediately around each other that are just, like, yeah, yeah. automatically interacting. Whereas, like, you would yeah. like to hand-select your people. Yeah, but yeah. once you've hand-selected, you want them around all the time. Which is... For sure. No, that's, that's definitely accurate. And that, like makes sense and i can see like that environment being awesome for like a lot of people like just being like oh i can meet all these different people and yada 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 but like yeah for me it just didn't work but also like moving to australia i i had a much easier time arriving in australia because i was in a hostel than i did arriving into new zealand because i didn't stay in a hostel like it, yeah but you was, also chose not to do that yeah, I, no, I did because I was like, I want to just live like a kid. Yeah, but that also was COVID, man. That was yeah, COVID. Yeah, that no, was. Too. was. Like, I think it was, it's hard to compare the experiences because COVID. <laughs> we were in lockdown. Like, I was living in Wellington for a month before we went into lockdown, and you were living in Wellington for a week before we went into lockdown. So, yeah. You can't really compare like, them. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, I don't know. I think they're just kind of, it's hard to compare. Yeah. And then like, even now moving into a new country, a new hostel, like 
it would be a different experience. I don't know though, because I moved when I when I was in Spain and I was staying in hostels. It felt completely normal again. Mm, apart from that one, where I you're was by just yourself. Kind of jaded. Okay, except for that one, I did not like that. That was spooky. <laughs> but like the hostels where there were people, it was so easy to meet people, and it was so easy. I I just remember like I was jaded and I like didn't want to meet people and. But I just specifically remember I was like cooking onions on a stove and four people came up to me and they were just like, wow, that smells really good. And I just looked at them and I'm like, mm-hmm, it's onions. And I'm like, oh, God, <laughs> please stop fucking talking to me. Well, that's <laughs> like, the mood that I'm, I'm always in. Like, I know, I know. I know. I don't know. And I can tell when I'm like feeling receptive to meeting people and I can tell when I'm not. Yeah. I don't know. It's... <laughs> can't explain it it's just like i think sometimes you just don't want to and if you don't want to it's fine but hostels are like such a unique place and such a unique way of living because some people automatically would fucking hate it yeah like i never want to give which is fair if you like i think it's very understandable if you don't want to share a room with nine people you've never met before (laughs) and have like no personal space and no place to put your stuff and like people leaving their shit out all over the place, sharing a small kitchen with like 50 other people. Yeah. That can get a bit intense. (laughs) (laughs) Just a wee bit. Just a wee bit. But like, yeah, it's a, it's hard. I think that's why I'm traveling. Mama, you either love it or hate it. No, I think I'm in the boat where like I, if I was traveling, because you know, like hostels in Southeast Asia or hostels in Europe, like they are kind of different because you're only there for like, two or three nights way more like, short term you're like oh everyone's organizing like pub crawls and then there's usually like a courtyard you can hang out in and it's like okay like you're in those places traveling with like two or three other people and it's like okay it's kind of cool you've automatically got like a big group of people you can hang out with and go to bars with or whatever and then you can move on like you're never going to be best friends with people but you can find people that you um at least get along with but if you're in a hostel for me like when I was in Melbourne for like four or five weeks I just got so jaded by like new people constantly coming in and just feeling like I was having the Mm -hmm. same conversation over and over and over Mm -hmm. again like people just being like where are you from what are you doing here like what are your travel plans yeah and I know you can move on from that but it just got to the point where I had the people that I liked and then I was like I don't I don't want to have yeah. these conversations anymore. And then we moved no, out. Yeah, same. Which is good. Same. No, but I think I think everyone kind of talks about that. Like you get tired of those same questions. And I think like the big joke is you, it would be just so much easier to have a shirt or have a sign or like a little name tag that says, <laughs> Hi, my name is Andy. I'm from the UK. I've been abroad yeah. for blah 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 blah. Like Oh my god, I must yeah. just poured water all over my computer. Um yeah, it would make life a lot easier if you did that, but I don't know. I think everyone but, gets kind of tired of those questions, and it's like a classic backpacker thing to just be like, yeah. And that's that's one of the unique things I found about New Zealand is, like, eventually it became – and it's part of the reason why I kind of wish that I'd stayed. Um, it became such a small world because everyone knew each other. Like, True. in Queenstown, everyone knew each other. And then from Queenstown, everyone dispersed. And I've talked to a few friends who have, like, been traveling around, and they're just like, you can't go into a place without knowing people already, which is yeah. good in a lot of ways because it kind of takes out the 
hi, my name is blah, blah, blah. But then it also is kind of like, oh, maybe I didn't want to remember <laughs> Yeah, I get this. That's why I'm kind of like ready to leave New Zealand as well. I'm like, I'm still loving it here, but I'm at the point where I'm like, it's too small here for me and it's too far away from everywhere. Like if COVID wasn't a thing, I think I probably wouldn't have an issue with staying because I would have gone home like three or four times. But because you can't leave and come back, I'm just like, oh, I want to go back to Europe. Like I was looking at flights and... I've already booked a couple of holidays back home with friends because like flying in Europe is so cheap and, you know, Airbnbs and things are really cheap as well. I looked at return flights from London to Venice just out of interest and it was like 20 New Zealand dollars return, which is like Whoa. 11 pounds. I was like, oh, because that's what we used to do. Like when I went to uni, I'd go to, I mean, this is really bad for the environment, but I'd go to Europe like six or seven times a year because return flights were so cheap. And you just have such easy access to like completely different cultures. Um, yeah, and I just really miss that. And I miss being around British people as well. Um, interesting, interesting. I miss my culture, man. Now let's take a break. Um, what would you say is the best new thing or lifestyle you tried whilst you were a backpacker? Definitely living zero waste. That's something oh, yeah. that's really impacted me a lot. We're like, I'm trying to do that pretty much all the time now. Um, yeah, Wilderland. That was oh, like true. huge. Yeah, that was a different way of living. Huge, huge, huge. Yeah. But I like, I really liked, yeah, like living with minimal uh, environmental impact and yeah. the whole, I like growing your own food, making your own food, like cooking. But like mm-hmm. that kind of started when with lockdown with you. Yeah, yeah. And then, but I think, yeah, like living zero waste and just being way more self sufficient in terms of mm-hmm. nourishing myself. That and just, really yeah, like cool. kind of getting into cooking. That's been really yeah. big. That's definitely changed. Like, that's yeah. been a big change for you since yeah. I've known oh you as well. Oh, my God. I did not know what I was doing beforehand. <laughs> yeah. I mean, ridiculous. the cold baked beans says it all. <laughs> <laughs> Throwback. Um, yeah. Whereas now, like, I mean, whether or not I choose to cook. Actually, I made it like an, a really good soup. Um, I just roasted butternut squash two little apples and an onion and then blended it all together with like some vegetable broth and then added some spices and made a really good like thick soup and then i've just been eating it with some like sourdough bread yeah i love the process of cooking i like some it's so i don't know people are so different like um Senny gets so stressed out cooking. He's like, I feel like I'm on ready, steady cook, like fucking doing all the different pans and stuff. But for me, like, I love the process of cooking. Like, it's a way for me because I like go to the my, my after work routine now. It's like go to the gym and then I come home and I like wind down by cooking. I just find it so relaxing. Like, it's just like making something come together and like I don't know. It usually takes me like an hour to cook, but I love it. I love the process of doing it what's um, the biggest but, thing that you've changed oh i was just about to ask myself thank you <laughs> um 
In terms of lifestyle, definitely would be Wilderland. That was, I don't think we've said what, what that, that was. That was like a work for accommodation commune out in the middle of nowhere where they had like zero waste and you like went and picked your fruit from the orchard. And I, I didn't enjoy that for other reasons in terms of, you know, I didn't really find my people there. And I'm really realizing I did not like all that thinking time. <laughs> like it was really intense to just be like, because there wasn't much to do. We'd be working in the mornings and then you'd have like a whole day free and you're just in the middle of nowhere. And I was like, wow, I'm just really in my head. <laughs> I was really in my head that whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, so that side of it, I didn't enjoy, but seeing how you can live, like you say, like zero waste. Also living in a van, like when we moved into the van together, that was really awesome as well. Oh, that's like just big. I love it. Seeing like how I love living in a van be. so much. I mean, I'd done yeah. it in Australia, but that was the longest period of time I'd done it for was here. And just like being yeah. able to wake up and then be like, oh, we can go here and just having such freedom and... There were definitely restricting sides of things. Like I found out, you know, I really love having showers and I really like, I don't know, I really missed. I was surprised to see how much I missed, like just being able to chill, like on the sofa or like be in a house and like all those home comforts and things. But I really did love the freedom of it. Like it just felt really freeing to be like, yeah, let's just see where we end up today and then obviously because it's New Zealand like everywhere was beautiful um Mm -hmm. yeah yeah I think like van life because I've explained it to a lot of people here about like how different it is in the U.S. in comparison to how it is in New Zealand and even Australia like I'm sure it's completely different but like the kinds of cars that people are buying that's really different um because yeah. like also when i've tried to describe like the types of cars the the brands the makes and models are they don't there's no equivalent like or there is an equivalent but i don't know what the make and the model is because like we had a mazda mpv and i have no idea what the fuck that would be considered here like that model doesn't exist here and like toyota estimas or like hiuses oh yeah those are in new zealand but they're i, I think the equivalent here would be like a ford transit and uh honda odyssey or something like i don't know but like mm. i can't explain the cars and i'm like okay i'll pull up a picture and it's i've, I've just been calling everything a mom mobile um <laughs> yeah they but, are um yeah it's just, all just like, like old a lot of people models. here yeah <laughs> um a lot of people here like are really into van life like it's quite popular right now and yeah when i talk about our experience i'm like it is it was a van but it's not the van that you're imagining like a van here like (laughs) have sinks and burners inside and like queen size beds and like you can sit up in the bed and like all these drawers for storage and i'm like okay so ours was literally (laughs) two seats for the driver and the passenger and then a bed it was (laughs) basically just a movable tent yeah yeah so i'm like (laughs) yes it's van life but it's not the like like it was the most basic of the basic which i i loved it and like i wouldn't change it for anything but it's just funny like i kind of describing it to people and how different that was and yeah i just i'm really excited like i want to do it here i don't know if if i will but (gasps) no i dropped my m&ms but um 
Oh no. I, oh no, oh no, oh if no. If I do end up staying in the US, then I really want to do it. And if I don't, if I end up That'd in Europe, sick. then I still want a van in Europe. Like, in Europe, I really that would be want freaking to awesome make... as well. Yeah, man, I yeah. know. I know, I know. Very drivable um, as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. And I hear Italy is quite. Italy and Spain are really receptive to van life. Like, there's not that many oh, yeah. restrictions. People don't. Um, like the, you can just park up anywhere, which is something that I really like. And I'm, I was thinking that if I do end up in Germany, um, then theoretically I could buy a van and then live in it while I'm studying and then just like park oh, yeah. in someone's garage. That would be pretty cool. Be um, cool. You'd be the crazy lady like, in the I, van. If I do stay, <laughs> fine with me. Because like I could do that here as well. Um, yeah. I don't have a van, but like you could. That's Pretty what cool. Em did for ages in Oz. She just parked up in someone's drive. I think she paid like a t- like fifty bucks a week or something to use like the shower yeah. and the laundry and the kitchen, and then just yeah was slept in the van. It's a pretty pretty good way to go. Yeah, I would love it. Like then you need to go somewhere, you just drive it around. Yeah, I don't know. I love it. I've been yeah. romanticizing about van life for a while. Yeah. Now, so. And that's something that definitely I would not have done. Like, I mean, in the UK, you can do it 100%. And I know people have done it because of COVID and they haven't been able to leave. But people do it across Mm. Europe, but not really back home. It's something that I otherwise wouldn't have done. So it's like, and I would love to rent a van. I don't think I would buy a van, but I'd love to rent a van again and like do a road trip across Europe for a bit. And love life. Live, laugh, love. Come visit me if I'm in Europe. Well, that's the plan. So the last thing I was going to say was, obviously, COVID has really dominated, did really dominate our time here. But like, I think for me and what so many people said, like before we were going to go traveling was like, this is such an amazing opportunity for you to experience New Zealand without tourists. And that's so like, I think we've had such a unique experience of being in you know, places like Queenstown, place like Cathedral Cove. And like, you know, when we went to Roy's Peak in Wanaka and they were like, yeah, there's usually queues for like an hour to get a photo from the top there. And we were literally the only people mm. at the top of the hike, like such a unique and like special. I mean, obviously there are so many horrible things that have come out of COVID, but like I do feel very lucky to have been in New Zealand and um, be able to go to all these places um with no one else there really like there's no other time in history and that's going to happen mm-hmm. pretty cool. yeah we were so lucky and I, I i do think that the way that we got to experience new zealand is unlike anyone will ever get to experience new zealand exactly. and anyone who's traveling right now kind of has that same feeling about like even though things are quieter, it means that you get to have a more personalized experience rather than just yeah. like the chaos. Like I can't imagine going to one of the wonders of the earth during COVID. It would be insane yeah, because I remember sure. feeling so disenchanted after going to like Angkor Wat and Machu Picchu being like, there's mm-hmm. so many people, it's absolutely disgusting how many people are here. Yeah. And then getting to be somewhere where there's no one. Like I remember being annoyed if there was like, 10 people yeah. and like yeah. that's insane the fact that we didn't have to like wait for anything is pretty incredible 
like the hike we, we so, went on um yeah. the copland track when they're like usually you'd have to book the this month in advance and we booked it the day before the hut any of the great walks yeah any yeah. of the great walk you just show up the day up which is like amazing and you never get to do that normally you'd have to yeah. book so far in yeah which is obviously you know, like the amount of planning that you'd have to do is yeah. wild on the, on the flip side obviously that's really bad for tourism stuff that rely on yeah. income but like yeah i don't know for us it was just a massive positive for sure so yeah very blessed and that's sort of it really that's <laughs> our thoughts on being a backpacker it's a very long <laughs> and sprawling conversation <laughs> like we covered a lot of ground there um mm-hmm. and i would just want to finish by saying that being a backpacker and traveling has been a very formative experience for me i feel like i've changed a lot in a great like positive way i've experienced so many different things i feel like i've lived like 20 different lifetimes <laughs> since i left home mm-hmm. um, yeah i i would i would recommend it to anyone i yeah couldn't recommend the experience enough to be honest because it's going to be something like these three years are going to be something i look back on the rest of my life and be like that was really a good thing that i did because like i've been able to you know really push myself and test myself and go through some really rough times but also have some amazing things like starting a new career and meeting amazing people and seeing like such beautiful things i'm very grateful mm-hmm. yeah and i'm grateful for like all the bad things all the good things all the bad things everything kind of tied up into a bow because yeah. yeah i feel like i've grown so much and i've only i'm only beginning to realize that and appreciate it now that i've kind of removed myself from the situation and i think i'm also only now realizing how amazing it is that we did these things mm-hmm. and how not normal it is <laughs> and i'm glad that it's not normal yeah but it is cool to just be like wow i accomplished so much and i just thought it was normal and i like have all this information and have all this confidence in myself to be able to achieve anything that i want to because i already did so much exactly yeah cheers to you sissy all right that's been let's get into it we'll see you next time (laughs) (laughs) see you next time bye andy That's all we've got time for this week. Tune in next time for more. Let's get into it.